Welcome to the Dry Bones Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 13. Yes, it's it's interesting because for us it's been a while, kind of like the olden days, which was just a couple months ago of doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a a minute since we recorded, but now life is settling down and we're getting in a groove. We're getting in a groove and we're going to start pumping these out every week now. Hopefully, as long as I can keep my throat clear God as willing. we talk. Yes. Um, so we realized that we are starting to get some new listeners, um, and we have not been a very good doing a very good job of introducing ourselves. Yeah. Who are you? They're like, who are these two guys? They just yeah. keep talking, and we have. We did some early introductions. Take a drink. Yeah. You want me to do your intro? No, I, I am it. sitting across from the illustrious Ethan Dow. He is amazing. He's got a decent beard, not quite as good as mine. Yeah. But he is a very handsome man. It had a it had better days in its past. Yep. Yep. One across from me is the ever artful, the creative himself, the wannabe comedian who's actually pretty funny. The wannabe comedian <laughs> who's actually pretty funny. Isaac Levin. So Yeah. Crowd goes wild. That's right. Um so yeah, so we are um we're Two lifelong friends. We mm-hmm. grew up in Western Kansas together. At the beginning of this podcast, we were separated by about four hours. You were in Southwest Kansas. I was here in Wichita, and then I convinced you to just get your just mind right, up and, and just and pack move. up and come, just move, make a move. <clears throat> and so the kind of the cool thing about that is we had a to- we had a plan for when you were going to move here, and that plan did not work oh, out no. at all like we designed. Well, it was like, hey, you want to move here in January? Yeah, I'll think about it. And then it was like, hey, I think I'm going to move there. <laughs> I think I'm going to move there uh, by the end of this month. I'll be there in July. Yeah. And then I kind of suffered through like a weird physical thing last year that that ate up a bunch of my time. And, and I was doing construction stuff on my own. And was I was doing well. But the problem was is that I was not able to do the work well anymore. And so I thought I was going down a different path where it was going to be less physical for me. You were actually going to come and basically take over what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then through just randomness, we the, my, my issues kind of faded away. Like, I thank God for that every day. And I'm not dealing with hardly anything that I was dealing with. And... And now we bumping it and grinding. Yep. So we, we, we formed As a company together. In the construction business, in the construction. just so we're clear. <laughs> So anyway, it's been really cool because um, we've got some good friends here in Wichita, but it's it's not the same as having like you know your lifelong your lifelong pal your here. Lifelong. So we were working together. So maybe I don't know in a year we'll probably burn out on each other and hate each other. And not, no, I'm just kidding. And I'll move back um, to Western Kansas and <laughs> start farming again. <laughs> no, but it's cool because like I we love working together. Um, it's been a huge blessing. We've been able to see where God's working in both of our lives. Yes. Um, you're you're. It felt right. It like, did. Even and it even, feels right now. Yeah, even with the doubt and the uh, there was worry in there, obviously. But like once we got here and we got moved, in, even with the like little hiccups we had, it was like oh, I'm supposed to be here. We're supposed to be doing this. So. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be complications along the way. Absolutely. Um, but it's cool. The like the the good thing I can report on for both of us, I think, is that like I said, we see God moving. Um, some some really cool things have happened. Um, I've kind of joined on with another ministry thing. Um, we'll probably talk about more of that in the future. And that's kind of where some of this introduction comes from, because I know that through that, we've got some new listeners. We've got some new people at our church listening. Um, Ethan's our regular in-house celebrity now. Nah, not there. No, you're nope. not? Nope. Darn it. No. You mean Ted Nugent's not going to come hunt on our ground? I mean, that'd be kind of cool, but I mean, he's not part of the, he's uh-huh. not, not part of the group. Oh. Um, like just longs to get the confusion out of the way since you brought it up. Um, I did. I joined a a, a hunting show essentially um, as just like a promotional staff for them, and it's really cool because they do an awesome, awesome job of of sharing Jesus and and working with people, and that's what drew me into it. Honestly, I thought it was. I was kind of a skeptic at first. Um, I can't wait to see the videos you bring in. Yeah, you're gonna we'll be looking at the camera. It's gonna be like super windy, and you're gonna be like, "There's a big deer behind me. I wish I would work on shoot it. I wish I would. That's a nice deer. 
something like that. <laughs> that or you're going to end up being my cameraman, like eating Cheetos, scaring away all the deer while that's we're right. out in the field. That's so. right. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's it'll kinda, be wholesome entertainment either way. Yeah, and and if you're if you're new to the podcast, what we are doing here is, um, I, I mean, we we're really just kind of sharing what's on our heart with the church. Um, it, we're, we're having discussions. We think that people often avoid. Yep. Or just they're taboo, yep. too close to home, maybe even. And so we're doing what we think needs to be done about it, which is talk about it. Yeah. We're leading those conversations. Maybe not leading, just trying to have those conversations and maybe ignite or spark others to have similar conversations. Yeah. And and like just to throw it out there from the beginning, like there's a, we've got some episodes that are very critical of the church. Um, we were really unhappy with, with kind of how the... the capital C church, um, reacted during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and remember a w- big C church COVID's coming back around. We have an opportunity to act yeah, as we that, should act. Dude, that's a good point. I, I haven't even looked at it in that view. We, yes, we are probably, we're going to experience another wave of it. Church folk. Remember, re- regardless of your belief of yeah. whether you think it's real or fake, if you think it's the deadliest thing that we've faced or not, if you think it's a government ploy or not, whatever it is, we've got our own opinions on it. But Lord, go back to like episodes one through three, mm-hmm. and and can we not have a repeat of last year? Like that's the last thing we need right now. Um, and so so let me follow that up with: we love the church, like the church is an essential portion. Now, churches always always run into conflict at some point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's well, it's full of people. Yeah, I think that's another thing is people expect the church to be so perfect and high and mighty because that's the well, basically the idea that they ask society to be you know held to their own standard. But yeah, the church struggles with that because it's also full of sinners. That it's funny. <laughs> this just came to mind. This might not make any sense. So I'm just gonna kind of all right put it out there. It. The fact that like churches are run by sinners. And we're like self-acclaimed, well, most of us are self-acclaimed sinners. The fact that that's part of it, um, it's like it's like having a, a, a prison run by inmates, like if you think about it. So it's, a, it's kind of a unique situation. Yeah, welcome, sinner. I'm a sinner. <laughs> they're sinners. We're all sinners. Yeah, so that's the thing. That's, that's the common it, ground. That, but, that's how it should be. And, and, but we need to break down those barriers of, of like what you said, like just because we're regular churchgoers and we talk about Christ all the time and we share Jesus does not mean that we're placing ourselves on a level higher than anyone, anyone else out there. We are definitely imperfect. We all need Jesus. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're going to jump in today. So let's do this real quick. Let's, let's take our first little break, um, prior to jumping into this and then we'll, we'll get going. Cool. All right. Instead of, instead of, uh, 10 seconds for station identification. We went 10 minutes of Isaac repositioning and having to move the camera a bunch. So <laughs> I love you. Uh, <laughs> I love that we insult each other and then we're like, I love you. Yeah, it's all out of love. <laughs> so um, so we're going to kind of do a continuation and bear with us. It's been a few weeks since we recorded the last episode. So if, we, yes. if you hear some repetitiveness, we're not trying to do that on purpose. Um, but the topic we got into is so touchy it's touchy it's broad like you could i mean we could do a six episode series on just this type of stuff because it can branch so many different directions once again i want to premise something um we've talked a lot about identity we've talked about sexual identity um sexual preference identity in christ identity in christ we've talked about all this stuff so i i do want to say from the get-go we are not like trying to blast you and say we're not trying to do this in, in a way that's coming across as abrasive or, well, I, or judgmental. I, th- I think to lay that out more simply is on, on the case of transgenderism specifically. Yeah. I would say that, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I don't think they should lose jobs or housing oh, or no. any of that stuff no. if they're capable of performing that job that's the thing is like i know i know a man who uh, had a secretary that was a transgender person and it came down from above his head to fire his secretary Mm. and he was like 
he walked into that office and he's like, did we ever ask if they were capable of doing their job? Yeah. But we just wanted to get rid of them because people were uncomfortable. Yeah. That's not the, that's not the right message to send. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and what I want to like, yeah, that it goes into that too. But like, I just want to say that like, we're not trying to come from a place of judgment. We're coming from a place that we read and interpret the Bible and we're, we're, we're just trying to relay that message. And and the problem today is, is that we we're taught so much that we can believe our own truth and our own truth can become real that it, that's, that doesn't work with the Bible No, because our well, own source of truth, it shouldn't work with truth. Like people act like truth is relative and it, it's set. Yes. Like truth is truth. And truth comes from God. If it's your truth, it no longer is truth. Yes. Because and we, it's just, Yours and we believe that truth comes from God is truth. So when He speaks, He is unable to be false. Mm-hmm. So when God speaks, it is true. Therefore, it is. It's written. It's 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 there. It exists, and that's the point we're trying to come from. Um, we don't want to sit here and just blast and be like, "Oh, if you're gay or transgender or whatever, you're all going to hell." We don't want anything to do with you. That's that's not the case at all. Mm-mm. We want to share the love of Christ that we experience with you too. Um, we also want to point out that there are tough conversations, especially when it comes to um, gender, gender identity or sexual preference or, or just even who you say that you are attracted to. And, and it might not even be something you might be heterosexual, heterosexual, but you might fully support the people that that make those choices. that make those choices. And and we want to speak to you, too. Like we're not we're not sitting here trying to make a bunch of enemies and make war through this, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to simply show you what God's word says. And as any sinner, because we all are in multiple avenues, as any sinner deals with is that you have things about you that rebel against God. Yes. And we want to make them true. Well, we want to make it so that, you know, it would be great. Life would be so much easier if this was true, but we fight so much with what we want and what we personally think should happen versus what God says and what the Bible says. Well, and I think for us, our jumping off point is just talking about it. Being yes. two people that I would say are within a church body that are going to talk about it. Yeah. Because I think that's that's kind of the first step in that direction. We have to talk about it, and then we have to identify what Scripture says about it, and then we have to apply it. Yes. And that's general... Kind of those three things for any of these kind of issues is yeah. like you you need to be able to talk about it and have those tough discussions so then you can have a jumping off point to know where to start in the Bible and just know that like our talking point comes from me and you doing a lot of research and prep into this thing we don't well, just and like we having, don't just come in and be like well the church told us that homosexuality is bad therefore it's bad yes well so we're we're having conversations because we have you and I are having conversations because we have conversations outside of the church with people that struggle with these issues mm-hmm. or want to talk about these issues or have issue with how the church handles these issues. Yep. And all of those things, if never addressed, it's just going to be, you know, one day that dragon's going to rear its ugly head and yeah. those things need to be talked about right now, yeah. especially within the church, especially because those people... When I say those people, I mean transgender people or, you know, wherever they fall on that. They're just as worthy of redemption and forgiveness as uh, we are. And so we need to know that we need to know that our hearts are open to having those tough discussions. Yeah. And that our doors to our churches are open to let those people know that they can come inside and have people to have those discussions with or yeah. wh- whatever the case may be. And I personally feel led to really hammer this because I I have guilt in my own life because as a youth pastor, I had multiple kids who came to me, um, with issues of, of sexual preference and, and everything like that. And I'll, I'll just tell you straightforward. I was not equipped. I was not ready for it. I had not dealt with that. Um, I, I tried my best, but I didn't do good. And, and I, I like I'll be the first one to admit that I made some mistakes along the way, and unfortunately I, I carry the guilt of that because um, I could have done better and I didn't, and so that's part of the reason why I want to come do this is I I, I really want to 
dot the I's and cross the T's with this type of stuff because well and that younger generation like you're talking about that you were a youth pastor for that that's a wave happening in churches across the nation yeah is that kids are leaving and I, I don't want to say that they're leaving churches or youth groups because of sexual identification issues but there's also kids that are struggling with those issues already that are looking to the church for some sort of guidance and yeah. some sort of hand, or either through parents or relatives or friends. They have a tie to some sort of a church body. Yeah. And so yeah, that's where we as the church, we have to, we have well, to, we're walking on eggshells there. And where Big C Church is getting this wrong is that we have a lot of churches, quote unquote churches, that are supposedly Bible believing churches that are not following the bible oh no they're 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 opening this up they are they're sacrificing they're a, biblical truths so that they can you feel better about yeah. being you not feel better about being within christ just so that you feel better about being you and and if you happen to be listening to this and your church is openly supporting of this or you're openly supporting this that's not to say that god won't still work in those situations but man if if it, if you've got a church who's overlooking certain aspects of the Bible because they're not going to teach it because they know it's teaching wrong, or if they're going to take what the Bible's saying here and absolutely twist it outside of its meaning to make a point, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a whole new slew of reasons why you shouldn't be at that church. Um, the whole, church isn't about going there on Sunday and crossing that off your checklist. That's not what church is about. Church is about, is about coming together with other believers and coming together with one purpose to learn more and to grow closer to Jesus. And, and then you take that and you spread that into your community. The whole point is bringing people in, showing love, showing compassion, and then going back out Refilling and reaching more. each other. Yes. That's, I think that's what church was, church is for me on a big level is. Yeah. I need that day amongst other Christians to just... I don't know. I don't want to say like let loose in church, but like, and I'm still getting to that point because I'm relatively new here. So I'm yeah. like, you know, getting into a new church, which I really enjoy this church, by the way. Yeah. Um, but we're glad you like it too. Looking for that like jumping off point where I'm comfortable. Yeah. With engaging, you know. So and and that happens on Sundays, and that's that's great. It's necessary. Like I said, mm -hmm. you you need. Cause, cause what, but what, you also have to give back if you're going in to just get a refill yeah. and you're not giving anything yeah. back or putting anything else in somebody else's tank, then yes, you need to, you need to figure that well, balance and, out. And, and Christian relationship needs some hierarchy. You need, Unfortunately, you need people, yeah. you need people above you that can rein you in. Yes. And then the people above you need people above them that can you rein need them mentors. In. You need a good pastor. Mm -hmm. We have a great we have a great pastor at our church. I love Dave to death. Um, there, I just, every time, he, it, Dave, I know you're listening to this. My only critique mm -hmm. is that you preach too short. I want more. <laughs> like when the sermon's over, I'm just like, no. Yeah, don't. but we're, we're used to Danny know, who had long-winded sermons that's who true. was like, if I preach 15 minutes past, then it was meant to be. And then yeah. everyone in the church is like, ah, it's time for lunch. We need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. but, um, but we you need that. And, but the cool thing is about, capital C church is that that doesn't have to just happen. That should happen outside the walls of the church mm -hmm. too. And that's where, and now I'm getting way off topic here, but that's where this group, this hunting group that I'm a part of, I absolutely love it because my, one of my favorite things about the whole thing is that we have this closed private Facebook group and it is nothing but people just pouring into each other. It's people helping people out that are having issues. It's people pouring out prayer requests and, 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 praise reports whenever good things happen Well, and there's other men and women that you can confide in yes you know there's a trust there's a trust level there and, and so, it's cool it's and it's and and that that's what's is necessary it's, and i, it, I think that that's i think like little things like what you're doing with this hunting group i think those are those big things that i think need to happen within the Christian realm of influence because they're outside of the big C church. Yeah. Even though these are all church people, yep. they all have their own churches, they all come from different states, but they all have a network in which they can talk to people, have yeah. a ministry, have connections to be able to mentor. And then all of us break apart because we're, scattered, we're, only, yeah. you know, we're scattered across the nation. 
and then we all break apart, and then we go back to our churches, and we can share like this, and 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 just do awesome things. It's it's cool. So let's <laughs> got a little off topic there, but look, kind of with that mindset, that's why we're here talking about this. That's why we want to drive this home. Um, and I can just kick us off on this. Um, I'm going to read. I'm going to use a couple different versions today. So I'm going to use my phone at the moment. Um, I've been really over the last. I don't know, however long I've been really diving into first and second Corinthians. It's, it's really been speaking a lot to me and Paul does a really good show. The apostle Paul does a really awesome job of explaining marriage and, and just the idea. And, and we kind of talked a lot last week on transgenderism, um, with, with just being an image bearer of God. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go well, and what we believe God intended yeah. With a monogamous relationship. Yes. And so this is more talking about marriage, but it also is talking about sexual immorality. So that's a that's a really big thing is when we define marriage and even transgenderism, it all kind of comes down to a sexual immorality. And I know immediately that's going to trigger people that you're saying, well, if if I like the same sex, you're just trying to say I'm this immoral person. Yes, I'm saying that, but it's in the Bible. Well, and it's 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 important to discuss those things because I mean, sexual immorality is a pretty all-encompassing blanket of sexual sin. And so that's where as a Christian you might need to lay a little bit of your own sins out to dry just because 100%. we just like we talked about last episode you being able to, and I'm not saying you should go out and like commit sexual sin so you can have something to identify on, but like lay that bare with that person. Like I struggled with sexual sin, and if I like, I'm not looking at you as sexually immoral or some pervert or anything. I'm looking at you as struggling with something that I may have struggled with myself yeah. on a totally different level. Yeah, because what what does it say that sexual sin is? We'll get to that. Oh, we'll, you, yeah, let's you, you we'll get to that here in a second. For today? Okay, yeah. And as and if I can premise everything ahead of myself. If I can premise everything on what Jesus said, I think it's in Matthew twenty eight, I might be wrong there. Um but Jesus said he talks about even even looking at a woman lustfully. You've already committed lust you've in already, your heart. You've already committed adultery in your heart. Yep. So just looking, so men, women, <laughs> if you're if you're looking at someone else who is not your wife. If you're not married, she's not your wife or he's not your husband. If you're Hurt looking your if you're looking at that person in a lustful manner, you're already committing adultery in your heart. So that's first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that There it is. There it is. First and foremost. Here's the thing. First and foremost, here's the thing, <laughs> Jesus loves you. But that's the basis right there. And if you want to talk about the definition of marriage between man and woman, all that, we can go back to Genesis and look mm-hmm. at what we talked about last episode. It's not hard to find. No, it's it's God creating them male and female, and they're supposed to come together to become one flesh, and it talks about leaving the, their father and mother, mm-hmm. um, and they become together. So that's the premise for all of that. We You can look that up on your own later because we don't really have the time to jump into all of that, but that's where we stand on that. So starting in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12... Um, Paul is talking about this because I, I I believe what was happening is there was a lot of sexual immorality happening within the church at Corinth. Okay. Um, and because most of Paul's letters, when he's really getting on you about sin, he's he's personally addressing he's, the sin yes. within those churches, the within those groups that of people. That he's seeing firsthand. Yeah. So anyway, starting in verse 12, um, it says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. I love that. Just... That in itself, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. What is the other version? Oh, say? sorry, hold on. It I'm says not at all things are yeah, yeah, permissible. Yeah. Permissible. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I made a mistake. You're here. looking at NIV. Yep. All right. Now jumping back in the NIV, it says I I have uh, I have the right to I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. So that's, that's just another right. another translation. Of that I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of preach pause Hit this. Hit me with it. Um, preach. That's the thing. We're talking about worth and self identity. 
right there. Your body is meant for God and God for your body. God, he orchestrated everything about you from your birth, since before birth. God wants an intimate personal relationship with you. He designed you your are. body for him and him for you. Like, if you ever, if you need some self-esteem boosting right there, mm -hmm. the God of the universe who created everything that we see created you and wants to be intimately involved with you. Yes. And he so, wants you to come as you are. He wants you to, it doesn't matter if you're the cleanest of the clean or the dirtiest of the dirty. You'll never get your life ready to come to Jesus. Oh, yeah, exactly. He comes to you when you're at your worst. Mm -hmm. So anyway, con continuing in verse 14. By his power, God raised the Lord, being Jesus, from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, that's what I said earlier, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That's a bold thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I know some people that will justify, and, I, and I'm guilty. I was not sexually pure going into my marriage. Now, my wife and, my wife and I, we saved ourselves for each other. But I had a whole past, so I'm just as guilty with any of this. And I can tell you, I have lustfully looked at women before. So I sin right there from that, from that very first thing. The crazy thing about sexual, all, we always try to make like this hierarchy of sin. It's like, well, murder is worse than lying. By man's understanding. By man's understanding, we try to justify, you know, white lies or whatever. Yep. And the crazy thing about that is, is that, there is really no hierarchy of sin. All sin is, is, is worthy of separation from God, and we've all done it. But what's interesting here is this is where you really see a disconnect from one type of sin to another, and Paul is saying that all other sins that a man commits are outside of his body, but sexual immorality is sin against his own yeah. body. Your own flesh. Your own flesh, which is the image-bearing flesh of God. Bought at a price. Bought at it's a price. It's not yours. So, so focus on that for a second. If you're struggle today, even if you're not struggling with it, if you happen to be listening to this, and whether you're in support of all of this or whether you are having homosexual thoughts or homosexual actions, if you're struggling with, with your, your gender identity and any type of that, for, like come back to Christ here and look what God is telling you about yourself. Like, and that's why people always, people always talk about this and people in the midst of it aren't always going to open up to it. But typically with people who go out and sleep around or even something as simple, if I want to use that term as pornography, there's always like shame and guilt afterwards. Oh, there's damage done every time. Every time. And think of how many relationships get completely destroyed through sexual sin, whether it's because you're going outside of it or, or there's unreal, unrealistic expectations between the two in the relationship. There's so many things working against each other, and it, it just causes devastation. Whether you're willing to admit it or not, trust me, yep. as a guy who struggled heavily with a porn addiction when I was younger, every time, it's like when, it's like when you drink too much, and you're sitting there and like, like you always hear the term, well, I'm never drinking again. Like, like it's, it's that same thing. Like when you're, when you have that hangover from, from alcohol, you're like, oh, I'm never going to drink again. That was horrible. And then like, it takes you a day later and you're back at it again. Same thing with sexual sin, except it's, it's fast. The hangover is immediate. As yep. soon as that release is done, you're like all of that, all Guilt the chemical stuff yep. that's happening in your head that makes you think that it's okay. And, and that drives you to push through that immediately. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I can't ever do this again. And then you go and to sleep, you, you wake again. up the next morning, and bam, you're right back in it. Yep. So, and this, and let me let me clarify too that this this doesn't just apply to anyone with homosexual thoughts. 
It doesn't just apply to people who are struggling with gender identity. Oh, Christians. This this applies to Christians. Yes. This, this applies to everybody. Anybody who is dealing with sexual sin. And the, like in our day and age, right now, like church across the board, no matter what denomination, is ripe with sexual sin. Yeah. I mean, there's so much sexual sin going on. Not to mention our world kind of, you know, emphasizes it and makes it look cool. But there are yeah, sexual sin has such deep roots in just in people and their problems that it just yeah. it, it takes hold and of it, wildfire. It, it just yeah, it just it it roots itself. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard like well, and so I I think another thing that our society does that we struggle with sexual sin is right now a big thing is pride. Mhm. Pride. So like we have pride parades and we have pride assemblies and it's all I think it comes out of trying to make these people that are making these decisions feel more secure in their decisions around other people. I mean I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I see people in the church participate in these pride movements and I'm like if you look up pride in the Bible, <laughs> and follow it over and over again. Um, it, pride is never used as a tool for good. It's always like your, you know, the pride of your heart will deceive you, and so on and so forth. That pride is literally a downfall for you. Yeah. So I don't understand where people, preachers, can stand at a pulpit and tell these people that they should have pride in what they're doing because that's unbiblical. That is completely unbiblical. And then we give them an identity wrapped around it. Like there's an identity bubble. Well, like, well, this is who you are. This is part of your coming out. This is part of your identity. And you should have, you should take pride in that. No, no, no. You should take, you should take no pride in that. Your pride should be found in God and leading others to Christ and making good, wholesome, moral decisions. And you still shouldn't have pride in those areas sometimes because pride can still come in and taint all the good work that you've done. And, if, so, and, and let me plug a reference here, once again, to back this up biblically, 2 Corinthians 10. Go read towards the bottom. I'm not going to go through the whole thing right now. Um, but 17 is, is one of the more famous quotes from that chapter is, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Um, your boast should not be about yourself. Your boast should not be about what you think is right or wrong. The boast should, you're only, the only pride that you should have is pride in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really hard. That's not to say you can't be like proud of your fellow Christian brother when he's made a good decision in Christ or proud of your son when he's made a decision yeah, or lifted up a friend. Obviously, obviously there are places that pride is healthy. But we're talking about the pride that just exudes the, itself or the pride, the pride of man. Be, because yes. what happens is, is we, what the way that that pride is being pitched is, is that you need to be proud of this. You need to be proud of these people. And if you don't, you're a bad person. Well, now it's a commodity. So it's like, well, yeah, we want you to have pride because we can sell you rainbow T-shirts and flags and this to hang out in front of your house. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't hang one of those up so people know that it's a safe area because there are nasty people out yeah. there. Yeah. But you got to know, it's just like St. Patty's Day, you know, green beads, beer, <laughs> Green dye and the color green yeah. are sold at an astronomical level on St. Patty's Day. While rainbow flags and shirts and stickers and all that stuff skyrockets for that little week, Pride Week or whatever. And let's not act like capitalism isn't, you know, bleeding into that just like it is everything else oh, in yeah, this country. Yeah, the, everyone's always going to take it. Oh, uh, so someone, someone's making make... a profit no matter where your pride is on that situation. Yeah. So we'll just look at it like all the companies buy into it: shoe companies and clothing companies. Mm-hmm. All of them buy into it. And do they? I might be stepping on toes there. I'm, I wanted to say, do they really care? Do they truly support? Do they really? Are they there for the cause? Or are they for? Hey, this is something that's going to catch fire with people. 
well, let's let's brand it and we'll we'll make a bunch of money off of and it. And the same thing happens to us as Christians. Oh yeah. I mean, look at look at Under Armour. I, I feel like Under Armour was gonna tank, and then Steph Curry was like, "Well, I want a Bible verse on my shoe," and then Nike was like, eh, and Adidas was like, "Probably not." And Under Armour's like, "Yeah, we'll do we'll it. take that." Yep. And they did it because they knew they had enough Christians that were buying shoes that they were gonna make their money. Yep. Now, you can say whatever you want about the people who maybe pushed in that direction because of their conviction in their faith. I'm not yeah. saying that that's a bad thing and that yeah. good people didn't exist in that situation. But we have still, you know, commercialized yes. a Bible verse yes. on a pair of shoes, and people are going to go buy those shoes. It happens all the time. Well, and, yes. and really, and that's a fine line that churches and preachers and, and traveling evangel- even evangelists, my goodness, that was a hard one and to get I, out. And I like Christian apparel. I'm not saying there's yeah. anything wrong with that stuff, but like pride can bleed its way yes. into anything. Yes. Yeah. And that and, and and going back to the whole hunting thing that I went to, like I went to this conference fully a skeptic thinking, you know, there's a lot of Christians that hunt. There's a lot of conservative people that hunt. This dude that's running this thing, Jeff Danker, love you by the way, brother. Um he, I, I was like, this man's just plugging Christ in here to just try to get a couple extra views, make some money, make a little bit of money on it, <laughs> and and because he's got it, it's a great catchy. They their their big thing that they do is is shoot by sight, walk by faith, which is a twist on we don't. Um, oh my gosh, now I'm gonna bust up the proverbs. Um, lean not uh, well, yeah. Lean not on your own understanding. Not not even that one. But instead, be transformed don't walk by, by the sight, renewing but walk of your by mind. Faith, yeah, and. <laughs> Sorry, I, I butchered that horribly. Uh, but I walked in thinking, oh, that's catchy. That's nice. I, I, I want to see what this is about because it I wasn't like, that much money like for me hunting. to go. I, I like love the Lord. I like Jesus, so let's see what yeah, this thing's right. about. <laughs> and then the guy gets up, and he's like, if you've never been here before, this can be like church camp for hunters. And I was like, oh, yay, like, which church camp's fun and yeah. everything. But like, when we I was really it? afraid. And no, within the first 15, 20 minutes, I was floored. Um I it just no, uh, it, it, but that's the thing is we need we as Christians need to seek those things out. We well, need to see if that's something. You also, I think that's that 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 what you just said is healthy. You were skeptical going in. Yeah, I think that that's healthy. It is because going in and having unrealistic expectations like. We're going to be so on fire for God, and he's going to make millions, and we're going to sell a ton of fake antlers for hunters to use. (laughs) You know, like, no. No. It's natural to be skeptical of that, because when the church is tied to something that's commercialized or, you know, used for making money, like, it is, I think it's natural for you to be skeptical, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah, but what the cool thing is, is the focus is more about sharing Jesus to people Mm -hmm. than it is about hunting, even. put Put the show aside of it. It's like, yeah, we have this this awesome because hunting can be. You want to talk about all these you, different are distractions? Are you saying that you could possibly get to a point where you are sinfully prideful about oh, your ability and yes. your hunting and well, all of that stuff? How many relationships, married See, couples, married couples? How many wives? Because mine's included in this group. <laughs> are horribly annoyed when hunting season comes around because their husband becomes not a husband anymore and he's out doing his thing. Like, I- I've been guilty of it. Like, it's just like any other thing, whether it's golf so or reason, whether it's reading your books all the time or, or exactly. whatever whatever TV, your hobby football. is. Yeah. It, the reason I'm asking you that is because I want to take a step back to, like, the pride thing. Like, you need to see that we are picking ourselves apart in the things that we enjoy in life because we are stumbling on those exact same things. Just because it's not tied to sexual identity doesn't mean that it's not a struggle yeah. in those areas. Yeah. Um, I, now, that being said, I, uh, do, we, do we need to take a quick break real quick? Because I kind of have a verse I want to jump into. Yeah, let's take one last quick break. And I'm going to do something different for this break. Um, I, I, I want to pause like 10 seconds here. We could go back and edit this afterwards, but like I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to put this here. Um, this is our quick little inserted ad for Dry Bones Podcast. Um, I do just want to say, guys, um, we thank you so much for everyone who is watching everybody who's, we, we get a lot of, uh, talk from people outside. Um, we, we have avenues for you to communicate with us with the email addresses. Those are all linked in everything here. Um, we want to take this beyond 
just us talking to some people that we already have good connections with and people we know. We want to take this because this is a ministry for us. And so we do not see this podcast as like, as it's not a pride thing for us. It's not like, Hey, we're going to try to get famous off this thing. We want to share and have these conversations with people outside the church, with people we don't know. And we want it all to point back to Christ. Yes, exactly. And we will have, cause, cause we dump a lot of money into Like, I'll just put it out there. We've dumped a lot of money into this thing. Um, right now we, we have made $0 on it. Um, (laughs) because like, we're not really looking to do that. We'll probably here in the future have a way for people to donate. If you want to, if you feel led to do that, we're not asking anyone to do that. The biggest way that you can support us. And I sound, I hate saying it because I hate all the YouTubers and all that type of stuff that push this stuff, but there's a reason they do it is because if, if we're to grow this thing, Honestly, the best help we can have is from you guys, and that comes from liking our videos, liking our posts on Facebook, sharing it, um, subscribe to YouTube, all of that stuff. Leave the the out. I don't know why we can't have the the in there, but just search Dry Bones Podcast on all those platforms. If you follow us on Facebook, share that stuff there. Um, and that's honestly the easiest and best way to get it out to people that um, that aren't listening to it right now. We do pay for some advertisements, but that only goes so far. Um and so, so honestly, you guys, we love you so much. You guys doing that every time we post something or share something um, is is the hugely beneficial way. for us. So shameless plug, shameless plug on ourselves there. Sorry, but we we just want to get that out there and get that out of the way. So um, now we'll take just a real quick break real quick so we break. can recenter and and come back on this. So I have really been kind of moved by the whole aspect of what we talked about. Don't expect people to know how to play the game when you don't give them the rule book, which is the Bible. So, like, don't don't go judging these people if they've never been churched at all or heard what you know heard the truth essentially. Um, And I was reading in Luke. um, Sometimes I don't know if you've ever just like gone through and read the parables, and sometimes it's just like, oh, I can apply this parable to this, Mm -hmm. apply this parable to that, and. Um, the parable of the barren fig tree, um, Luke 13, verse 6. I'm just going to read it real quick. It's like one paragraph. Might and, step up to your mic there. Okay, Dad. <laughs> I want everybody to hear you. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year until I dig around it and put manure on it. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. So he's literally like, well, maybe we should focus on cultivating this tree more before we just lop it down. Yeah. And we're those trees. We're those, mm. we're those fig trees. So it's like how... like. If we're not even given the proper things to grow and sprout and become better, wow. then how can you expect us to do so? So there's got to be those people that are in your life that are helping mold and shape you and honestly calling you out on, on your crap. Now, this is, this is especially true, I'm going to say, for Christians because I feel like Christians not only are held to that standard in society, but they should hold each other Christians should hold each other to that standard. So instead of looking at people outside of the church as just sinners, like go look for a tree to cultivate, not a tree to cut down. Go like, I mean, faith as small as a mustard seed. You, you find one little iota or one little spark of just truth in that person. I mean, they can be as far out in left field as they can be, you know, just playing in the weeds. But they still deserve redemption and grace. They still deserve to be cultivated so they can have that relationship. And you as a Christian have that responsibility to cultivate. Go get your big old shovel of cat poop and cultivate. (laughs) All right? Like, that's... Bro, we could end it right there oh, if we yeah, wanted we, to. We could. I That's just, great. I, and that one little paragraph was like the parable of the barren fig tree. And the guy comes in, he's like, it doesn't produce fruit, just cut it down. Yeah, how many times do we do that? And the gardener, which is Jesus in this case, is like, 
well, how about I just take a little bit more extra care of that tree and the next year I bet it produces. Yeah. So, well, and, and what's interesting is they don't, you don't get the end of the story. You don't know. No, if the, no, that's it. And that's not the point. It moves on literally point, to another parable. I, well, my mind is like, well, I want to know, did it produce fruit? I want to know, like, was the, was the farmer, was he proved wrong? But or? it doesn't matter if it, it produced fruit. It doesn't matter because our goal, our goal as humans, looking at other humans is not the end result of other humans. Whether or not I'm producing fruit is between me and God. If you've put, so if I've now cultivated that tree and it can produce its own fruit, it is now that tree's responsibility to go out and yes. cultivate others to bear their own fruit. <laughs> and and this is going to sound weird. I'm holding up my Bible for those of you listening on the podcast on YouTube. You'll see the Bible here. What's weird is that in the story, like the manure is the Bible. Oh yeah, it's it's God's word. It's God's spirit. That's 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 God's active active. Uh, working force well, everybody needs filled up everybody needs help along yes. the way there are trees who have been cultivated and produced a ton of fruit who are now shriveled up and almost dead and still need someone to jump in and interject and give them that extra shovel of manure yes and that's why that's why we're doing this yes that's what that's our purposes as human beings not to look at an a, a ugly a fig tree or a human that's not producing what it should be or not doing what it should be mm-hmm. we're not looking at that no we see oh I recognize that that thing needs help, not for the sense of like, oh, I'm going to feel awesome helping this person. Yes. No, like who, like if, if I know we have some farmers listening, but for those of you who don't farm, like, like you don't just look at, I'm oh, sorry. You don't just look at bad crops and just give up on them. Nope. No, like, like there's so many things you have fertilizer yeah. and you have all these things that what you can do. What kind of chemical do we need to put yes. down? We because you have it. these things that cultivate these things and make them better. So when you see that person who has no visible fruit of a Christian life, don't take that as a point of judgment or casting them out. Take that Look as at a that point and, of cultivation. And, and motivate yes. yourself to share Jesus with them. Get your shovel of manure. Give them a Bible. Or or point, you, even if you are uncomfortable talking to people about Jesus, find a way to do it. You know a pastor. You know a good podcast. I'm well, not saying God, that's necessarily ours, but you, nervous, you can point them somewhere. Yeah, If you're nervous about talking to people, talk to God about that first because... God will present opportunities for you to discuss those things, those tough things within your realm of existence yeah. already. You don't, you know, if you're a person that doesn't go out to the nightclubs, I probably wouldn't go out to the nightclubs and be like, do you know our Lord and Savior? <laughs> yeah. But God will present opportunity for you to share him yeah. and cultivate others for the right reason. 100%. Bro, I... I don't even want to get into what I was going to get into because that's too All good. Right, well, I can't uh, back it up. Good, I outdid you. Let's just move on to the <laughs> on the throne. Well, no, I, I do want to share this last verse. It's not going to be quite as deep and profound as that. Well, I mean, it could be. It's how God speaks to you, not how I speak to you. But <laughs> I mean, at least you're honest. Hey, Dave, if you ever have a off week, get this man up and preach for you. So, oh, whatever. <laughs> um, no, I, like I said, I've been walking through a lot of First, Second Corinthians, and and. Um, I, I just, I don't know. This just got, I was actually reading this this morning, and I was like, yeah, I I, I want to talk about that today. Um, in in Second Corinthians six, starting in verse ten, it says, "For godly grief, and when talking about godly grief, is like that grief that comes from that guilt mm-hmm. that comes from your actions. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death." So when you focus on the things of the world, it leads you nowhere but death. When you focus on godly grief, those things that really truly matter, your soul and your actions and the sin that you're doing, that really that produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Um, continuing on, it says, "For we see eagerness, or sorry, foresee what eagerness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness." To clear yourselves, what in what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment? At every point, you have proved yourself innocent in the matter. So, although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong, but in order that your earnest that that your earnestness for us might be revealed to you in the sight of God. Therefore, we are comforted. So, for those struggling with sin. That guilt is in them. The guilt, the same guilt that bothers you, 
is the guilt that's in every single one of us. Like we all deal with that because, mm-hmm. because it's, it's wrong. There's a morality well, there. And, and the focus is, is we need to be more focused on the guilt of what's tearing God apart for You know, what's breaking God's heart that we're doing versus what could I be doing to please the world? And then, um, Paul says, so although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong. Um, but in order that you, that for your earnestness, you might be revealed, this might be revealed to you in the sight of God. Our point of sharing this stuff to you, it's not to like, oh, you are this horrible sinner and, and you're just this bad person because of it. No, we're all there. Like we are sharing this for the glory of God. Even, even me wanting to help an unbeliever is not necessarily just for their own personal benefit. It's because that is what we're supposed to do to glorify God. Well, and God almost gives your grief a definition. So then you have the ability to like understand your grief. Why am I, why am I going through this? What can God use this for instead of just being lost in your grief and not knowing what to do and just feeling like you should crawl into a hole and die? Like, yeah. You finally, God, through his grace and redemption, is giving you the ability to now, you can flip your grief around and use it for God's glory. Yes, and there's a path there. For godly grief produces repentance, that's turning away from sin. Turning away from your sin leads to salvation mm-hmm. without regret. Yes. So now that's it's, another not, thing. it's not just grief. It's godly grief. It's grief with purpose. It's it's it has true. A meaning. Talking about truth again, it's true forgiveness. Not just like, oh, well, I forgive you, but in your heart you're like, well, I'll never forgive them. God's forgiveness is is true forgiveness. Otherwise, there's no way that we can get to heaven if he can't forgive us for the sins that we've committed. Nope. So that that grief produces repentance, turning away from sin, that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death like that that is just spot on captain well and and there's hope i don't want to just give you a bible verse that says hey what you're doing is wrong there there's points in odds are they probably already have a guilty conscience well yeah not odds are it's they do oh yeah whether they choose to ignore it or not it's another thing and so we want to show there's comfort in this there is repentance there's 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 relief a light at the end that comes from the guilt i don't know how many people I hate the term. If you've ever said it to me, like, I'm not judging you for it, but I hate the term. Well, I just need to get myself right before I come back to church. Bro, that's the dumbest thing you could say. Yeah. You need to get to church so that you can get yourself right. You need to come as you are, as broken as you are. In Isaiah, they talk about that even the most righteous of men are, like, uh, the best I could offer God. If I'm the most righteous man on earth, the best I could offer God is still as filthy rags to him. Yep. You can never get yourself to be at a point of being right enough to go to church. Like that's now there's churches out there that, that exist that way. That will exist that oh, way and that operate, will shun that. Yeah. Don't go to that church. Go to another one. Mm-hmm. Try it out. Um, that church is full of sinners just like every other one. It is. They're just a little bit misconstrued. Yeah. So we we kind of jumped all over the place today. Um I think it was good. But though. yeah, but I think it was necessary. There there we, we want to try to provide answers and 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 hope for the future. Because we've we've experienced that, and there's highs and lows through it. We've we've gone through crappy times ourselves, even in our Christian walk. Um, it's not about. It, it's all about the end result, and and what you're actively trying to do. So, um, man, we want to. We just. We just want to be here for you. If 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 that's you, if that's your struggle, please talk to us. Email us. Reach out to us if you know us personally. Text us. Um, we want to have these conversations. We want to, we want to offer, um, uh, because here's the thing. We love you mm-hmm. so very much. Um, uh, even if we are, couldn't be more opposite politically and, and whatever, but that shouldn't be a reason that someone doesn't come to Christ. No, which is a, a topic for another. That's time. a whole nother. Yeah. We, but yeah. Like whatever it is, if, 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 if it's, if love, it's love God and love, love people. people, that's, that's it. Yep. That's you can't you cannot go wrong with loving and you're God first and love loving some people. Crazy sinner people. Yeah, you are. I mean, the world's full of them. We're we're two of them. Yeah. So let's transition real quick as I pull this up into our on the throne moment. So we like to finish with an on the throne moment, just as a reminder of God's sovereignty. That no matter what is happening in your life today, 
tomorrow the sun's going to rise and Jesus Christ will still still be sitting on the throne. Um, God is still in control of the situation. He can use bad situations for good. Can redeem anything. And so we just want to end on these positive notes. Um, so anyway, I, I posted this on Instagram the other day, but it's it's um, it's Romans twelve twenty and twenty one. It says to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've done this in my life, and it's worked out well. And and don't do it for the sake of trying to heap coals on his head. That's the that's just what happens in the process. Yep. Um, there's a lot of evil in this world. There's a lot of people willing to repay evil for evil. Um, that was me. That was my mindset as a younger man. Um, I struggle with it from time to time still, but man, if you can just heap love on people, like you just said, if you can just love God and love people, treat those evil actions around you with love and support. And I'm talking true love. Don't just, don't, don't fake your way through this. Um, if you're looking for, if you're at a loss for words and you don't know what to say or what to do in that situation, say a little prayer. That's yeah. what I do. I'm like, God, I have no idea what's going on in here. I have no idea why you put me here. Yeah. But if you have a plan here, please, you know, let that come to fulfillment because I don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah. But God, he has a way of like easing you yep. into that. Like in all the like get togethers I have, that's my little prayer beforehand. Like, mm -hmm. all right, don't make me look foolish <laughs> or don't let me make myself look foolish. <laughs> Don't let, you know. Yeah, God, don't make me look foolish. Exactly. If I want to. <laughs> you know? Don't let me make myself look foolish. Let me make all the turns in the right direction. Yeah. Let this all be for your glory and for your love. And then, you know, and, then the little cherry on top is like, and you know, we could have a good time too. Let yes, be, you can. Let it, be, let it be fun. Yes, so. you you can. Yeah, I won't I won't get into that because it we'll talk for another twenty minutes yep. on it. But yeah, no, this was this was good today. I, I really. It's a it's a necessary talk. Yep. Okay. Um, if if you're a part of a church, please do what you can to try to find a plan or a way to include these people. Um, we we suggested last episode that you know there's a couple churches that have LGBTQ groups like life groups, not as like a support like hey come in here we support what you're doing it's like hey let's talk about what the bible says about this have a discussion yep a healthy place and and so if you've got people in your church that have a heart for that who have a passion or maybe a history um sometimes the best people to talk to people about this are people who have struggled with it in their own life well and don't be afraid to read opinions that are different from your own yeah. or that you even yeah. disagree with because i still believe there is some truth to like to be completely uninformed is to be useless yeah like you know you know what's going on a little bit you know don't get lost in it or anything or angry about it or the point where it's messing with you but you dive in enough to know that you aren't going to sound stupid when you're having the discussion yeah do your due diligence so. yeah all right man well how about i close this in prayer Sweet. and then we'll be out of here and then we will uh we will see you all next week so um, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day, God. I just thank you for um, just the ability and the freedom in this country to be able to come and and just gather with a friend and, and talk about you. Um, and and God, I, I just pray that, that you take this from here. Um, I pray that, that as we talk and as people hear us, Lord, that this is about, these are your words. This is your, your calling. This is your, um, your actions flowing through us. We just want to be vessels in which it flows through. Um, we don't want this to be about us. We don't want this to be at our, about our pride, God. We know that there's people hurting in this world. Um, that's that's abundantly clear. And God, we know that there are people that are struggling with identity and struggling with the the fact that 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 they are an image bearer of you, God. Because some of them don't like you, some of them resent you, and for various reasons. And and God, I just I pray that you can just break open their hearts, um, just reveal to them what's truly happening in their lives. Reveal your true self to them um, like you have for so many others, God. And God, I pray that that for the people listening, God, I pray that you open up those opportunities. I pray that you soften their hearts to be able to have those conversations with people around them. Um, because God, we've, we've got this crazy divide within this country and within this world between the church. Um, 
and, and others that just oppose so much of what we do, God, I just pray that we can have clarity on why we stand for what we stand for, God, that this is a place of love that we're trying to come from and not a place of, of war with them. So God, we thank you for this. Um, I just pray that um, for anyone that you're speaking to, God, that you could just break through those barriers, God, and, and that the awesome transformation and, and repentance can happen through that, God. And um, God, we just thank you for the, as always, for the opportunity. God, we lift this up from us holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, we will see you guys next week. Take it.